Like many Unitarian Universalists, I was not raised in this faith. You know, so many of us come to Unitarian Universalism from other faith traditions, or none at all, that we sometimes overlook those who have been Unitarian Universalists all their lives. So I'd like to acknowledge our birthright you use if you feel comfortable self-identifying. Please raise your hand if you were raised Unitarian Universalist. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with us and sometimes for bearing with us. I was raised High Episcopalian in a tiny conservative parish in Plainfield, New Jersey. By the 1950s, Plainfield had a large African-American presence as well as other ethnic populations, but you would never have known it looking at my congregation at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church. We were, as the old Episcopal joke goes, the frozen chosen. I'll never forget when our priest ascended the pulpit to denounce rock and roll as jungle music. I loved the hymns, the stained glass, the warmth of the, th of the sanctuary on a cold January morning, but I trembled at the judgment of a wrathful God. As soon as my science classes persuaded me that a supreme being was not absolutely necessary to explain my existence, I fled the church. For two decades, I was spiritual, but not religious. Actually, for much of this time, I was not even spiritual. It took suffering to put me on a spiritual path. So long as my success colluded with my arrogance, I had no need for more than physical explanations for my perfectly satisfactory life. But when my heart broke, I discovered that my own ego wasn't enough. Not enough to comfort me, not enough to sustain me, not enough to heal me. Inspired by the teaching of Thich Nhat Hanh, I began a daily meditation practice, emptying myself however imperfectly, of compulsive mental chatter and the dross of the small self. Silence, re-enchanted my world. I began to look beneath the surface of things, to plumb the depths of my soul, to sense the connectedness of everything. But still, I did not darken the door of a church, except to sing a few carols at Christmas for old time's sake. A good Sunday morning meant sleeping late, making waffles, lingering over the Sunday paper. If the Patriots won in the afternoon, so much the better. I was spiritual, but not religious. If spiritual but not religious were oxymoronically a church, it would be a megachurch, gaining converts by the day. In the United States, a highly religious country, one in five adults reject any religious affiliation, the highest proportion ever recorded. Among adults under the age of 30, one in three 
is unaffiliated with any religion. But lack of religion does not mean lack of spirituality. More than two-thirds of these unaffiliated believe in God. More than half profess a deep connection with nature and the earth. More than one in five pray every day. And more than a third, of course, describe themselves as spiritual but not religious. If they are spiritual, why are they not religious? Well, they're not religious because they perceive religion as hostile to their beliefs and their values. They believe that religious organizations are too concerned with money and power, obsessed with rules while overlooking love. They can't understand why a few culture-bound comments by the Apostle Paul should count for more than the timeless command of Jesus himself, judge not lest ye be judged. A Christian evangelical social research company recently surveyed young adult non-Christians on their attitudes toward Christianity. 91% of those surveyed, young adult non-Christians, 91% said Christians are anti-gay. 87% said Christians are judgmental, while virtually the same number, 85%, said they're hypocritical. 78% said they're old-fashioned, 72% said they're out of touch with reality, and 70% said they're insensitive to others. 75% said Christians are too involved in politics, but the politics they're talking about, of course, are not the politics of peacemaking or justice-making. They're talking about the anti-politics, anti-abortion, anti-gay rights, anti-science. So no wonder... People are spiritual, but not religious. Presbyterian pastor and social worker N. Graham Standish observes that the spiritual, but not religious, he calls them SBNR for short, share several attributes. First, he suggests they are skeptical of hard and fast theological constructs about God. They tend to be postmodern and thus are extremely suspicious of any ultimate truth claims. Second, the SBNR are willing to listen to all sides. They want to consider religious and theological beliefs from a variety of perspectives. Third, they want to experience what's true rather than be told what's true. They want to learn truth by touching it, smelling it, and tasting it. Fourth, SBNR folks tend to be sensitive to any form of hypocrisy, especially moralizing hypocrisy. When they see priest or pastor scandals in the face of the church's obsession with homosexuality, they get turned off. Finally, they are cautious about being identified too much with a religion. They see the practice of religion as inhibiting the pursuit of the spiritual. Do you know anybody who fits that description? I'd say Pastor Standish is describing Unitarian Universalists, a lot of us anyway, including in many cases that last quality he identifies, reluctance to be identified with a religion. And here are Standish's recommendations for attracting and retaining the spiritual but not religious. First, don't tell people what to think. Respect different points of view. Don't indoctrinate 
but offer practices that open to spiritual depth. Second, Standish says, emphasize relationships rather than truth. Healthy relationships, he argues, lead more people to an experience of the holy than does rational theologizing. Third, he suggests, be willing to recognize different languages in expressing faith and learn to respond in a way that expresses tolerance and openness to them. Learn the language of other faiths and learn how to translate certain concepts into your own language. Fourth, offer rituals, practices, and preaching that lead not to theological or ideological agreement, but to profound communal experience. Finally, Standish counsels, be patient and accepting when the spiritual but not religious disappear and reappear after a long absence, which will happen. Most SBNR don't trust the church. They don't trust institutions. They don't trust that we are authentic. They worry that we will disappoint them like every other religious person in their mind has. So be excited when they return and be non-judgmental when they disappear. To me, Standish's prescription sounds an awful lot like a description of Unitarian Universalism in general and First Parish in Cambridge in particular. We don't tell you what to think. We respect different points of view. We emphasize relationships, not absolute truth. We are united by covenant, not by creed. We offer a variety of spiritual practices, though I think we can do a better job of that. We are learning the languages of various faiths, and we're learning to translate language that doesn't work for us into language that does. I know whenever Lilia or Michael or I say the word God, some of you are translating like crazy, substituting words like love or mystery or ground of being. And that's perfect. That's exactly right. And I am learning to be patient with how long it can take for people to make a commitment to this congregation. Because sometimes it takes a long time. Some of you here this morning weren't even born when others of you started coming here and still aren't members. So I will be patient while reminding you of the awesome exploring membership session this afternoon at 3 o'clock. <laughs> I will also advocate passionately and ceaselessly for Unitarian Universalism as our religion and for this church as our religious community. The word religion descends from the Latin ligare, to bind or connect, like a ligament. So religion is something that binds us anew or connects us strongly. Religion means belonging. Religion means connecting vertically to source and horizontally to one another. Vertical and horizontal are not severable. Each informs and influences the other. It's, it's so easy, so easy to be a good person, a spiritual person, 
by myself. I know. I know. Sitting on my meditation cushion, breathing in, breathing out, reciting a mantra, saying a prayer. I feel so elevated, so virtuous. I imagine myself teetering on, on, on the verge of enlightenment, certainly on a first-name basis with God. God and me, we're buds. And then my wife comes home from work and my daughter comes home from school and they do things. <laughs> and they say things that are so irritating. Where moments ago were serenity and profundity, now our reactivity and impatience and anger, where moments ago was non-self. Now, who boy, there's self, 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 and more self. Where moments I was moments ago I was surrendering to everything. Now it's don't mess with me. Where did my spirituality? Go. Religion is spirituality where it is tested most and its true metal is found in community. Religion is where egocentrism is transmuted into cooperation because it has no choice and because it figures out that cooperation is more fun. For most of us who are spiritual but not religious, the religious that we are not bears no resemblance whatsoever to Unitarian Universalism. If you can't stand dogma, that's not us. If you despise doctrinal patriarchy and homophobia, that's not us. If you don't like secrets, that's not us. If you resist authoritarianism, that's not us. If you disdain personal piety that ignores injustice, that's not us. If you are horrified by religious war, that's not us. Now, there's plenty wrong with us. We make mistakes, sometimes very big mistakes, individually and collectively. Unitarian Universalism is flawed. The birthright you use can tell you that. This church is flawed. I am flawed. And so are you. What better place for flawed people to be than in religious community, in covenant with one another, aspiring together, Struggling together, working together, todos juntos, inviting our best selves, our highest values, our deepest convictions. Here, our flaws collide with other people's flaws, and sometimes sparks fly. But here, we hold ourselves and each other accountable 
in love. Here on this sacred ground, we accept one another and encourage one another to spiritual growth. Here we are called by covenant, our covenant, to acknowledge and celebrate our differences, to listen compassionately, speak respectfully, and take responsibility for our actions and feelings, to avoid judgment, to strive to stay in relationship through conflict, to assume the good intentions, the good intentions of others, to admit our mistakes, praise each other's successes, and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you cannot love in the abstract, says my colleague, the Reverend Peter Bulata. You learn about love, what it means to love, in a constant, attentive relationship to particular people. So let us be spiritual in relationship. Let us be spiritual in community. Let us be spiritual and religious here, together. Amen. Ashe and blessed be.